Hello and welcome to the So It Goes podcast with me, Dylan. And me, Rob. And in today's episode, we're speaking to the band, The Flob. This band is a Vietnamese uh, band. They have got loads of different artists that have influenced them, as they'll go on about in the uh, podcast. And I thought it was interesting. They'd come up with their own unique style. Mm, It's like a really exciting sound they have. So, without further ado, let's welcome to So It Goes, The Flob. Because there's two of you. Can you just say who you are and what you do in the band just for editing purposes? I mean, I know who you are. But I just more for the people, so can I just it in? So cool, thank you. We are the Flop, a alternative rock band from Vietnam, and uh, we are proud to set our foot on a new journey to our musical adventure. And I'm Lop, the front man, and this is now the lead guitarist of our band. Hi, hi. Thank you very much for that, dudes. I think that so, like, we've been talking to like people from all around the world for like this podcast. And the first thing what we've been asking everyone is because of like the mental world we live in at the minute, with like all the crazy things in the pandemic and stuff, which is still quite apparent in the UK. So, how's it in Vietnam with you guys? Well, um, it's. I think it's not that crazy for us because it's been a year now since the pandemic started. But like, we're getting a hang of it now, like, especially because Mm. like our government has very good control over everything. Like we're starting to get suspicious about it too. (laughs) And we get like occasionally one or two cases each day, but like it's it's all under control now. We're actually very surprised, right? Yeah. It's like gigging or recording and like even like massive concerts are on its way right now. Forest, so that's a very good sign for a Vietnamese music scene. So, as well, like, have you been able to play gigs and stuff now? Uh, we actually been playing bigger gigs than last year, or well, like two years ago. Actually, um, we just played a five hundred people gig uh, last week. Apart from being really jealous and being really annoyed with you <laughs> that you can do that, when we are certainly not able to do that for, until about four months' time. So that first gig when you were back after the break of like such a long time out, what was it like taking to this stage again and playing as a band? Mm, do you remember the first week, the first gig we played after the pandemic? You can't yeah, even remember like, uh... the first gig. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really I mean, strange. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really strange, but like how we get along to this new normal thing. Yeah, our first three months is... It's just we're staying at home and uh, composing music and stuff, you know. So I think uh, when we first came back to the gigs, after all that time, we just stayed home. Uh, it's kind of, uh, you know. Refreshing, I think. Refreshing is one word to describe it, but uh, I, I felt like uh, it's a little bit awkward, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all my skills yeah. is like, yeah. <laughs> it's like we had to learn how to walk again after yeah. like mm. 10 months. No gigging, ten months or, or ten or nine months. I don't. I, I don't yeah. remember. And like uh, confidence is a thing that artists always want to have when performing. Yeah. 
before all those people. And when we came back to the gigs after such a long time, you know, because we, we usually, uh, we used to, uh, like two years ago, we used to do like uh, two or three gigs per month, you know, that's a lot, right? Mm. And then when we came back in about three or four months without playing anything, you know, mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of like confidence. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt like uh, yeah. we, we have to play more and two or three gigs after that, yeah, yeah, so that we could gain your confidence back. Exactly, but like we 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 gain it back really fast, and that's that's what I'm really glad about. It's all about the chemistry, brother. Um, yeah, you mentioned before about like having sort of like starting writing stuff in lockdown, and what yeah. would you say your songwriting process is? You know, if you had to write, say, a song, yeah, would you do the lyrics first, or do you well, just? You know, it's a magic formula. Okay, uh, so I'm the main writer of the band. I'm the front man and also the vocalist. And so um, I just started out with a melody that I think was catchy, and then I pitch it to the members. And then if uh, and then they're gonna jam along, and then I'm gonna write my own lyrics uh, along uh, the process. And uh, back in the pandemic, we didn't have the luxury of going to the like rehear- re- rehearsal rooms or jamming session, we just had to do it with like, you know, computers and like and just a sound card in our bedroom. And that was all we had. But like, we we managed to like crank the best out of, of what we had, like Bring Me to Horizon back then with their uh, latest release. Mm. Uh, it's just them jamming over Zoom and then like uh, sketching out ideas uh, from software and then just send it up online and then uh, the guys are gonna record there each part and then send and then they compile it into one big project and that's it like we managed to find our, our new ways to produce music in such dire time and it was difficult but it was truly like a new experience and we came out a lot more experienced and stronger than we were before mm. yeah that, that that was the process right yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah we want to stay home just plug our instrument into a audio interface and just record everything we came up with and just sending to each other's you know so you seem really like animated as well about like writing music and recording it so yeah. would you say you prefer that more than the performance side of the band or not um we enjoy both the uh, creative process and both the performing of what we've done but like we've been more on a you know um experiencing with a new material within the jamming session instead of uh, going back into our bedroom and uh, record things because like the chemistry happens in the jamming session we've always been a improvisational band like we get riffs and drum loops uh on rehearsal so like and that's what all the members are fond of like playing true instruments playing as a band not a separate artist trying to send off a uh, separate stem. Through yeah, yeah, because like, here's the yeah. thing, like uh, uh, many bands, I, I think uh, in Vietnam, when they form a band, uh, they all get all the intentions to the vocal, to the front man, mm. you know, yeah. but our band works really different mm. because uh, we want uh, to uh, share the attention mm-hmm. spread through equally to yeah. the six members, you know? Yeah. And we all want, uh, if you listen to our records, uh, 
uh, there's a lot of like uh, parts in there that just normally people will just hear vocals, right? Right. The melodies, the vocals, the main mm-hmm. melodies. But we we have designed our audio tracks, our songs to be like, uh, you know, to 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 for for the you know instrumentalists to play just just like the vocal, you know, like mm-hmm. we yeah. That's that's okay. there, there's more instrumental yeah. aspect to our music. This is, there's nice touch to instruments rather yeah. than just vocal. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Like because uh, I've um, had a quick listen to some of your stuff, and one of the things I find with not just like your band, but in general, if someone's put time into making a piece of music, you can pick out things like what they say, like what the bass is doing or what the guitar's doing, and go oh, that's interesting. Whereas a lot of pop music, you'll listen to it and it'll feel very paint by numbers. And it's it shows that your your work's interesting because you'll hear the piano do something, you'll think, oh, that's actually really cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's one speci- specific track that I'm, uh, that I'm very proud of in our latest release that was Vegas, a track that was heavily uh, influenced by Bring Me the Horizon EDM, metalcore, and a lot of trap music all around. And what was special about that track to me was like how we tried to incorporate different genres into one song, make it sound more combustion, make it sound more like exciting with every bar, every chorus that hits. Like, you know, and uh, we always try to experiment more stuff. It's very different from our debut song, uh, MY, a rock and roll track. Mm. We have moved to like so many places and genres that we can't remember like how many we have tested before. But um, we are very proud of uh, of our capability in instruments uh, wise and uh, producing wise. Yeah, yeah, like we have mentioned, bring me the horizons a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, we, we are such big fans. You know? <laughs> yeah. Very good. I, band. I don't know about you. you, you yeah, yeah, decent. Yeah. They're really good, yeah. I feel like we've touched on it there, but what we speak about to a lot of people is like their influences and what influences their work and their creativity and stuff. So what would you say would be the main influence on your songs and on your songwriting process? Uh, it will be not like... Uh, our band will not fall into a specific kind of influence, uh, you know, influence because uh, six members of the band is influenced by very different, very specific kinds of music, you know? Yeah. Like for, for example, uh, I'm the guitarist, so I'm heavily influenced by the heavy metal stuff, you know, yeah. metalcore. Yeah, I just I just bought a uh, seven strings guitar, stuff like that. Uh, this guy here uh, is influenced by uh, EDM, like dance music, uh, music that cooperates with ele- electronics, you know? Mm. Yeah. And the other guy is uh, really fond of, uh, Orchestra, mm. yeah, anime, jazz, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, what? Like we tend to uh, differentiate our tracks um, with the stuff that influence on it. Like for example, like that Vegas track I talked about. You guys, we got influence from uh, Bring Me the Horizon uh, from the title track of the EP. Sometimes we got influence from Maroon Five and all kinds of EDM artists like Marshmallow or uh, Alan Walker. So mm. like for each track, we take different influence, we yeah. think. It also seems as well, like being able to develop as a band and to 
constantly adapt yeah. and diversify yeah. seems very yeah. important to you. Is that a correct assumption? Or? Yeah, yeah I, uh, partly, right? Uh, yeah. We want to, it is our, I, I think it is our main mission to yeah. uh, uh, create something like mm. really diverse, really uh, adapt to the era that yeah. we are living in. Like, uh, I think another thing to that is we want to uh, not always adapt and being diverse like that. We want to yeah. have our own kind of, so, you know, yeah, a signature voice of us, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. The problem with the latest release that we recognize looks like we got a little bit of identity crisis because, like, mm. you know, like when bands change, uh, fans like and fans hate. And uh, we deal with it with the exact same thing um, because, like, we got really um, boosted up with our debit single MOA. And the fans that came into our, our fan base mainly came from that song. And when they face our new latest release, they like most of them, like, they're kind of, somebody told me that like they feel betrayed because where's that rock and roll sound? Where's that like, you know, like that, that like hot riffing stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's the problem that we have to uh, seriously uh, recognize in order to like achieve uh, the next success because we are trying to make money too. Mm. So like we have to balance between like our, our artistic aspect with our you know um trying to cater to what our fans need mm. so that's a very challenging math problem right there yeah. but like eventually we will always be open mind to the idea that uh, always adapting and being diverse that is the great thing to do because uh like i have heard uh one mentors used to say to me that uh artists is uh nothing different from a uh some someone who can predict the future, you know. Mm. Yeah, they can create something that is really unique, ne never seen before. That's 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 how we always change the music. We mm. change the art perspective around you. Yeah. yeah, that's the job of an artist, right? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. I think um, two points about that. One that uh, there's bands like Linkin Park had a massive issue with this a few years ago, where people go and play all your old stuff, and it's like. No, I mean, we want to just play the stuff we want to play. But I kind of feel as well that, like, the whole thing about doing different things and exploring, like, you might not like a, I'm not saying a genre, but you might not like a piece of music, but you can recognise it's still a good piece of music, if that makes sense. Like, something on piano or guitar, someone's playing it, you can go oh, that would be hard to play. That's actually skills, but it might not be what you're into, if that makes sense. I suppose a big part with like that as well is sort of like criticism can be healthy. It can help you structure your image and your band and stuff. But I think it's more when that criticism becomes more toxic. And I think it's the toxicity which can really affect. So how like... Does an upcoming band like yourself cope yeah. with like how do you do you let it affect you? Do you just brush it off completely mm. and then ignore it? How does one yeah. try and cope with it? Uh, yeah. Myself as a frontman and the main writer of the band, 
um, it puts a lot of pressure on me to come up with a catchy track or, you know, that that comeback track that we need to get back on track. But like we've been playing for like four years now and we've came to getting immune to all kinds of negative comments and and and, you know, like high expectations mm-hmm. that we could never meet. And what one important thing that like in order to like survive in this in this industry is like you know you have to be you know determined mm. to not to be swayed by any kind of bad comments or, or like things that make you go un, unmotivated because that's when I learn to be when we as a band learn to get immune to all those kinds of expectations we we find ourselves being even more creative we got we got ourselves uh, unleashed mm. of, from the expectations from the labels from the fan base we are trying to do um, newer stuff we are actually experimenting um different sounds even more than back we were before um and i think it's um really important that the fan base keep like uh, putting pressure on us and it's our job like to like you know going against it yeah. and then to show them the the unexpected mm. Because I, I think that, that one element that's um, that we always has to be in a mix is the surprising element, and I think we've got that so far. Mm. I do have to say as well that before we carry on, we are fans of your music and we do like your mm. music. Yeah. So this isn't like <laughs> always yeah. trying to criticize you in it. We do like what you're doing. Yeah, and I do, we do feel yeah. like you developing your sound and doing different things with it is very that's interesting, and mm. so. I mean, me and Robert, so to speak, think that like you should carry on with what you're doing and stuff. Yeah, and um, I think as well that like you'd mentioned pressure and I kind of feel that in some aspects it can make art better. Um, Yeah, it can make art better because you're not going to sort of be you're not going to have like a writer's block, if that makes sense. There's a uh, song from a TV show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and it's called No One Else Is Singing My Song. And then the rhythm, when you're expecting it to flow really smoothly, it'll just go dead syncopated and it throws you <laughs> off a bit. And it's like someone's had to have intentionally wrote that in a way that's mm. awkward to listen to. But it's quite clever because of that. I mean, like that's what pull people back into the track to have a re-listen, right? Mm. When when it's go too like you know like predictable, like there's nothing fun in it, right? Yeah, we have to we kind of uh, have to you know come to realize a pattern in uh, the people who listen to music in Vietnam, mm-hmm. like uh, because the uh, pop songs are really uh, out there, you know, it's been for decades, so people are now especially Gen Z, you know, people from 18 years old, 15 mm-hmm. years old above, they are seeking for something uh, abnormal, you know? Yeah. They're seeking for something uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. so, so weird, yeah. so cool, yeah. Yeah. you know? Like, uh, yeah, the aesthetics is weird, man. Yeah, so 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 when we, we as a band, we're having gigs, we're doing weird stuff, we're doing like crazy things that uh, makes 
those people in the audience thinks that, oh, these guys really come up with something. They, they are a yeah. little bit different. So then when they, they will come home from the gigs and they will search mm-hmm. our names and they will listen to our songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of the pattern yeah. we are chasing. So we have applied doing that and it turns it's, out working. Yeah, right? It's showing results yeah. so far. Like It's like we're having gimmicks and they're working. So I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, like I, re- <laughs> I remember like... Uh, yeah. s- it was uh, you who who tells me that told me like, hey, we are not doing that. That's weird. That's you're, you're gonna fail. Like, no. like I, but I said like, screw it. Just do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I usually have this weird like you know extra like gestures on stage, and like it's it's not it's really nothing new in the Western music scene. But like in Vietnam, like they haven't seen a straight. A, a a male frontman to do these all kinds of like you know yeah. like hand dancing and mm. all stuff of, of weird hand gestures on stage yeah yeah but I, that that's the point like people come to us because of that yeah. right mm. like our, our post got more comments our song got more attention because that we are have something having something that is yeah. not normal you know but music has to be good though. yeah the music <laughs> <laughs> just not gimmicks Honestly, yeah would you say then right. that you enjoy that part then like the performing and the stagecraft yeah you feel like that's important for you to make yeah yeah like i i always gonna have weird poses so so take it or leave it that's my style and there's <laughs> no one's gonna change it even a television guy um we used to um have invites to go onto television and they told us to tone it down because it's you know national television mm. and stuff so like yeah <laughs> extra uh, don't be too gay on television yeah, it's my last warning <laughs> yeah, it's, it's things like that but like we're we are we're, we have to admit we're all also cloud chasers not not going to deny that so we did have to tone it down well, like, it's gonna be a, always a part of me. Mm. So yeah, and always gonna be a part of you guys to be extra on stage. So yeah. we're always thinking of something yeah. extraordinary, yeah. if if not abnormal, to do on stage. Yeah. There's always there's got to be something that we yeah, have to tolerate. That's, that's us, right? That's, right. Us, that's our voice on the stage. It's like, is there one song of yours you've written or created which maybe you're really proud of, but didn't connect as much, but you'd want more people to go back and listen to and discover. Uh, so like I've mentioned, uh, the people in uh, Vietnam, the majority of them, they will, uh, they will judge the songs by two parts, uh, mm. the vocals and the beats. So they would not recognize uh, instrumental stuff, uh, music theory stuff in the beats because they would consider it's the beats, right? Yeah. Mm. And so when we release our um, instrumental tracks, in the latest EP, it's the first track. Uh, the instrument tracks uh, individually serve uh, as a uh, you know, in, in really such an achievement that we are really proud of because mm-hmm. we put so much uh, effort into it. Like everything, every knowledge we know, every skills that we can pull off, we put in that instrumental track. Mm. And turns out, people doesn't understand it. <laughs> so that's yeah. the one, man. Yeah, yeah. For example, like the uh, for it for some tracks, it will be like thirty thousand listeners, mm. and for a track only, it's it's like eight hundred. It's like eight hundred people <laughs> that appreciate it. It's like one twentieth 
you know, one of century people will, yeah. Yeah, but it's okay. But, uh, but like, that's, it's like a case study for me. Yeah, as long as we, we uh, have, uh, you know, as a uh, musician, we have, uh, we have done something that is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, take all of our effort that we are really proud of. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. more important. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't really care if the audience would get it or not, but for, for individually for that, uh, instrumental tracks we we have we are happy because it's produced mm. it's released mm. yeah oh, that's great so i'm only conscious now because we've been keeping you for a while and i'm not too sure how long the signal's going to last and be clear so if we try and finish this up now with a few questions what we've been asking like everyone who we've spoken to in the podcast so far so the first one what we all would right like to ask you is if you could listen to one album for the rest of your life, just one, which would that album be? One album. Wow, the, we have to take a lot of considerations uh, for this. Right. Uh, I'm coming with a rapid uh, answer. It's going to be the newest album by Architects. It's a good call. Yeah. That, that is a very good call. Good yeah, call. yeah that, have you guys checked it? It's a very good album. It's one like, of our faves. I know. Like it's it's a shame that they uh, that they couldn't go on tour this year because it was a huge album. Hmm. And like I think it's uh like it's overcome. I think it's some part of it. Like they're they're trying to experiment their their new sound, but like um I think they're having a good job. Like hmm. trying to expand their sound. Like hmm. there are some tracks that that they're not my stuff, but I get it that why they're doing that. That they are doing that for their own hmm. art, artistic yeah. Uh, yeah, you know persona, yeah. and that's what I appreciate. Yeah, for me, it, it is the uh, album from 10 years ago. It is um, AB3 by Eldridge. Ooh. Oh, uh, yeah, I've yeah. heard that one. Uh, I'll have to check it out. Eldridge with the Miles Kennedy with vocals yeah. because I'm more like a vintage guy. So I will be having other guys in the band looking for new sounds, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I believe that I am the one who will, you know, uh, keep up that precious values from the... Uh, from from the old times mm-hmm. because songs from the old times uh i find uh a lot of them majority of them are you know has such meanings you know mm-hmm. because uh artists uh i think artists from the old times they tend to write songs with a lot of care a lot of uh oh. meaning no we also do nowadays it's just it can get easily overlooked with all those you know non- yeah yeah i mean like uh my the album is not technically uh good you know but it carries a lot of values and meanings ab3 by outer bridge so like the other thing we've been asking everyone is dream collaborations is there a artist you'd love to work with or a musician oh. or something? Oh. I, I think you guys uh, might have guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> but but like we will have to work to that yeah but like um for me uh I think it would be so cool if I got if we got in touch with the glitch mob. Oh yeah. No, that sounds cool. I've heard of them, yes. Yeah, yeah, those are the guys. Uh their songs are so cool. They they are oh, uh, ahead of their time. Mm. And uh yeah, uh, for me that's gonna be the glitch mob. How about you? Yeah, I'm thinking of uh like because uh we have had these dreams of working with uh another kind of instruments like for example, orchestra. Mm. So I'm dreaming of, uh, you know, uh, getting to work with uh, 
Parallax Orchestra <laughs> from, from from the uh, you know Royal uh, Albert Hall. Uh, Royal Albert Hall. Right. Yeah, that's the dream place, baby. So I think yeah. what there is left to say now is thank you very much for agreeing no, to come and talk to us, and yeah. thank you very much for coming on. And we're big fans of your music and stuff. So mm. keep doing what you're doing. Best talk I've ever had for like a month now. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thank you to The Flop for coming on So It Goes. As with all of our artists, their socials will be found in the bio below. Make sure to check them out. Remember to subscribe to the So It Goes podcast to never miss an episode. To play us out, we have The Flop with the phenomenal song Vegas.